If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Art Geyser. Hi, Art. Hey. How are you doing? With Good, excited to be with you. Oh, wonderful. I, I'm so happy that you're here and that we're connecting. I'm actually really excited to talk with you because for our audience, once you hear about Art's background, you'll just be blown away. With a diverse background, Art has over 39 years experience in and study of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, for those of you who might not know, science, psychic development, and energetic and spiritual healing. For 11 years, he managed a research lab in reproductive endocrinology at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. As an executive coach, he works with some of the world's largest companies to develop leaders and collaborative and high-performing teams to make collaborative and high-performing teams. Infamous for his innate sense of fun, he created Energetic NLP to provide rapid, easy, and powerful ways for people to unleash themselves, ways for them to let go of limiting beliefs and old energetic programming, which no longer serves, so as to unleash their miraculous self. And Energetic NLP was started in 1985 by Art, and over the decades, through studying with all the developers of NLP and prominent spiritual leaders, Art continued to develop Energetic NLP into the wonderful field it is today. Welcome, Art. Thank you. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. You're welcome. And where are you connecting from today? I'm connecting from uh, the Hollywood Hills, Los Angeles, and people often ask, is that a green screen or is that the real view? And the answer is yes to both. It It is a green screen, but it's what I'm looking at. But if I turn the camera around, you can see me. Oh, so it is the view from your home. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, that is more meaningful then. Yeah. Because it's pretty nice to see the ocean. You can see the ocean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I used to live in LA for a while. I lived. Oh, I, yeah. I um, lived in Van Nuys and mm -hmm. I lived in Venice, Venice Beach, Marina. Yeah. And I lived in Hermosa Beach. So I lived in LA a long time. I went to USC and then my first job out of school um was at UCLA. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'm really familiar with that area. I've been to many parties and the Hollywood Hills. So <laughs> right. I know, I know that 
area. I know a lot of LA. LA is so diverse. It's crazy. Koreatown. It's just, it's just an amazing okay. place. Yeah, well, people want to ask what what's LA like. I go, what depends where you are, <laughs> which is you know true somewhat for any city, but LA really extreme variations from one part to another. Yeah, that's why when people say, my dad used to say, "Oh, I hate LA," and you know, I have that kind of ingrained in me because I lived part time in Alaska and San Diego, oh, and yeah. so and so, and I think he meant like the traffic, because I don't know if he actually ever went to any place. It's just like driving through. <laughs> the traffic is a pain. It, it is sure. a pain. But you know what I find is a lot of people just don't do it. They'll just like, oh, oh, yeah, there's no way I'm driving there, you know, five o'clock to go downtown. <laughs> when I work from home, so I have a the whole lower part of, of, of my home is my office. So I don't, I, I don't have to drive that much. So I'm lucky. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's the place, that's the place to be. Um, well, beautiful. So I, I wanted to dive deep into energetic NLP and it's funny because meeting you, it's the first time that I've heard of it. And and so I really would love to get the word out about it because I've had I've had NLP done to me and it's such a silly I thought it was silly but they did like a demonstration I went up to the stage uh -huh. and they did um getting rid of my junior mints habit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of silly but it totally worked. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and now that I do energy work and healing to combine the two just seems like, like it adds credibility to healing. I mean, what do you think? Well, they both inform each other really well. And, and, and let me just say, some people have heard really negative things about NLP. They'll go, oh, it's all about control, manipulation. And like, like no, it's not any more than psychology, spirituality you know, uh, medicine is about control. Do some people use it for control? Of course, but that's not what it's about. And, that's, and the majority of people involved with NLP are, are fantastic. And it mm. has, like so many things now, like it used to be a basic NLP course was 20 days. And now you have people, well, in two days, we'll teach you everything, you know. So uh, like like any field, you, you need a, a certain amount of caution when you find people. But, I see. Because it's really the mm. the person behind it. It's the intention behind it. So NLP is neutral, but if you have an intention to control people, yeah. then it can be. Yeah, just like anything, right? Yeah, it's the intention, and uh, and do they actually know what they're doing? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, oh, good point. Um, because there's a lot of. Uh, I met somebody recently who. All of this NLP stuff was online, including learning how to be a trainer. Now, I do a lot of online work, but it's, a, it's like, well, actually, if you're going to teach somebody a trainer, you probably want to have some in-person work. But but the, the point being, NLP is a very powerful way to make deep changes in your unconscious mind and your conscious mind. And NLP was is the study of the subjective nature of experience. So what made NLP different than traditional psychology at the time 
was traditional psychology for the most part was focused on how did you get the way you are. The people who started NLP went, well, why don't we focus on how does your mind create it in the moment? So like your junior mint habit, it's like no matter how it got there, you have to keep recreating it or it wouldn't happen, which is why you could often give, and it isn't that we don't deal with the past in NLP, we do, but the focus is, isn't necessarily on the past. It's like, what's going on in your internal experience that creates things, either problems or how do you transfer skills to people? And you can do miraculous things with NLP. And like anything, it has its limitations. And, the, and when I was studying NLP, I was also studying healing and psychic development and transformative energy work. And meanwhile, I'm a you know medical researcher at the same I, I, I like to mention it to some people when they go, oh, there's no scientific evidence for energy work. I'll go, yeah, there is. You know, it's like, and fact, you've done it. I mean, have you done some of the research? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, oh. a, a, a tiny bit. I participated a tiny bit. Okay. ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did research for 11 years. So when I got into all of this, it was like, oh, boy, let's do research. Like, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like I've been yeah. doing want to do something different for a while oh, but, yeah of course you wanted a break from that yeah, yeah. but other people there, there is some some really completely compelling research on on psychic phenomena healing work and, and everything but um yeah there's a movie about it um by a producer uh sippy Ross called the one field and incredible research that she put together documenting um healing mm-hmm Oh, I'll have yeah. to see. That would be yeah. great. Yeah, you'd like it. And, but then you know, I found, okay, spiritual principles had to do miracles, except, you know, it had its limitations. Energy work had its limitations, psychic work. So I started weaving them together and everything influenced one another. So when I teach energy work, I make people take a pledge that they're not going to believe anything I tell them. <laughs> and they, they, they laugh. I mean, I'm I oh my god! I, I'm sorry. Is that does that offend you that I'm laughing? No, no, no. That's yeah. What, uh, no, that's what I want them to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. Going, oh my god. You want us I, to do a pledge, and, and then they, I already like you. It's amazing. Thank you. And, and I'll tell them like I don't believe what I'm telling you. This is what I think today. So I made up a term, beliefs du jour. So I speak from my beliefs du jour, and hopefully, ten years from now, I have something better to say. Um, but the, but really, the fundamental thing is that I liked about NLP is they were saying none of this. Well, I should back up. Traditional psychology at the time, a lot of people were going, this is absolutely the way it is for everybody. And the people who started NLP went, these are theories and let's test them out and don't believe them, but work with them. And when you hit a limitation, change the theory. And so when I teach energy work, I, I teach it that way, too. Like, here's ways of thinking about it. So, for instance, when you talk about the chakras, in the West, we often, if we're talking about the heart chakra, it's like a vortex coming out and behind, and, you know, people tell you all these details. When a lot of the Eastern traditions, it's in a central channel near your spine, facing up, and it has petals, in completely opposite models. And to me, neither of those models is, is true. They're all useful, but not true. When I look at somebody's chakra... It's dynamic and multidimensional, and it's hard to get your mind around. So we need to have simple ways to think of it. But, it, but to me, as long as we don't think that's the absolute truth, 
then we can keep evolving. So in energetic NLP, we emphasize you can connect with the great mysteries, even if you can never put them into words. And as soon as you put them into words, you make them small. So you may know the word grok, and, and, and grok means to really become one with something, to understand it completely, not just in your head. So I, I, was I didn't the, know that. Is that an ancient term? Oh, I, I'm, I'm laughing because you'll know I'm laughing. It was actually a term made up by a science fiction writer in, in the 60s about oh. Marcus the Grok things. Oh, but, okay. Um, it got popular first with hippies, and then it's out in the world, and it's actually in the dictionary now. And it's about going beyond intellectual understanding to become one with something. So an wow. example I often give. Yeah. I love that. That's right? incredible. And um, uh, like I'll tell people, you know, I worked in, you know, in, in obstetrics and gynecology research. That doesn't mean I understand what it's like to be pregnant. You know, I have a certain amount of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, you know, but do I grok being pregnant? Of course not. <laughs> I I can try to approach that, but it, it's still, you know, it, it's not in me. I don't own it. So in energetic NLP, we emphasize that you, you don't have to be able to put it into words. You know, we can play with that, but we but we keep that like, well, that's just the way I'm thinking of it today. Mm. But I can connect with the great mysteries and operate out of them without having to, uh, without the conscious nailing it down, which is always untrue anyways. It's always taking something incredibly complex and beautiful and putting it in a little box, you know. So, mm. so that's one of the ways that the NLP and the energy work affect e- each other. So everything that I bring in, it, it, it's like everything's affecting everything else, you know. And I, I try to take the best of what I've learned and then use it um, in, in different ways through the NLP, through energy work, through psychic work, through channeling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so fascinating. So tell me, do you have one-on-one clients and what is it like to work with you or do you work with groups or you do courses? Because I'm wondering if you do psychic readings, if you read people and then can identify blocks and then remove them through your work. Oh, the answer is yes to everything you said. I I, I do, um, I teach, I do one-on-one work, I do group work, uh, okay. I, do, I do have on-demand programs. And all of them know that they share certain things in common. And so like the more advanced programs, people are also learning how to do energetic NLP. But everything is about people's personal spiritual development. But when I'm reading people, it's I, I, I do read people and we use that, but I don't let that limit me. I so see. And the, and the way we do it in energetic NLP is there's a term from energetic NLP called your miraculous self which a lot of people want to turn that into their high self, but it's something different. Your high self just exists. Your miraculous self is like something that kind of exists. Like You can think of it like a muscle in your body that you've never used or rarely used. So it's there, but it can't do anything. But you start using it and it develops. Mm. And, and your miraculous self is when your spirit with its vast awareness closely aligns with your deep inner human wisdom. And the reason for that is what, what I'm, and people use these words differently. What I'm calling your spirit uh, is the higher frequencies of the non-physical self, the higher frequencies of the non-physical self. 
not higher as in superior, but literally higher frequencies. And, and eventually you get up to like a unity consciousness, but below that you have your individuality. And that's what I call your spirit. And my perception is when I hook into people's spirits or my spirit, they're a lot like the perfect parent going, whatever you want, dear. You want to have true love? That's a valid spiritual path. You want your heart broken? Well, you know, that's another valid spiritual path. You know, not because uh, our spirits don't love and care for us, but our spirits give us permission. Yeah, to, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's yeah. like every there's no bad. There's there's no right or wrong. It's just if you want that experience, your spirit can can give it to you and is giving you f- positive feedback that it's all learning or part of your yeah. ascension. And so, and, 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 you know, we're not trying to energetic and never have any life challenges. That's not a human life. But we all set up a lot of challenges in life that don't have to be there. So your deep inner human wisdom is very in touch with your hour-by-hour hour life. So when your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom align and come together, you have the advantages of the vast perspective, but you also have a part of you going, yeah, I know that having my heart broken is about a spiritual path, but how about if we go for another one? <laughs> you know, is, is there another way to do this? Like maybe where I, I have a wonderful relationship. And mm. so again, it's not, it's not that kind of new agey, like, oh, just think right and nothing bad will ever happen. But it's the, the Dalai Lama uses the term natural and unnatural suffering. And natural suffering is, you know, we're in bodies, we age, uh, the people we care about in bodies, things happen to them. Um, but unnatural suffering is the suffering that we create unconsciously, karmically, spiritually, that it didn't need to be there. Um, and again, not that it's bad or wrong, but the goal is to have less of the unnatural suffering and to have, uh, when you connect with your miraculous self, no matter what's going on in your life, you feel incredible support. And you know, you, on this level, you can be an emotional mess, but when you when you go a little deeper, you feel solid as a rock, and you know that you'll not just get through this, but, but there'll be something really good on the other side, so that we're not trying to suppress or not have, um, you know, challenging experiences, but we're trying to not have the ones we don't need to have, and when we do have ones, tap into the incredible spiritual support that we have. So that it doesn't always have to be um, intensely terrible <laughs> kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 that that made sense. And I was just thinking about my own energy and struggles and, and things that are happening to me. And and that when I when I close my eyes and take a deep breath and and do feel that support. And by the way, I was not always like that. It's only been in the past, like maybe um, nine, 10 months where <laughs> wow. something shifted for me. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. It's like a, another level of, it's not just shifting your perspective. It's just like an incredible alignment where you do feel like no matter what happens, I'm protected. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And this is, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel or something positive, like you said, on the other side of this maybe perceived struggle in 3d yeah Yeah. so is energetic nlp for everyone um i think it it can help anyone 
Um, it's, you know, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be remotely interested in it. You know, a lot of people don't want personal growth and change. And other people, um, you know, sometimes it, uh, there's things set up by your spirit that your spirit won't, isn't going to let you change. But um, uh, overall, I think anybody who's in the personal spiritual development who's open to it w- would benefit from it. Mm, yeah, that's wonderful. So do you f- define energetic NLP as combining like you said, all these, um, like psychic mediumship, how do you define energetic NLP? Yeah, I, I define it as, it, um, the elements of it are the NLP, the neuro-linguistic programming, healing and transformative energy work, psychic development, channeling, um, and other spiritual abilities. And that, that it's, um, a bringing together of some of the best of all of those that, that I've been lucky enough to learn so far and that I keep evolving and adding things to it and of course my students come up with great things too and and and, you know when you're teaching uh often you know you just start channeling incredible (laughs) you know that feeling where you're going like that's really good i can't believe i'm saying that it's like (laughs) came from somewhere great um so yeah and you had asked something earlier about like how i work with people and yeah whether it's one-on-one or a group um so we always first create their miraculous self, which is simple. Um, uh, almost all of this is really simple. Um, it's not always easy because sometimes, you know, there's unconscious programming, karma and different things in the way. But um, people first create their miraculous self. Then they set an intention. They get permission to receive the benefits because intention and permission do not automatically come together. And we do work to align their spirit, their soul, their conscious mind, their unconscious mind, their body, and clear karma and and um, uh, spiritual contracts and programming. But also, um, once they've set their intention and given permission, we then have them put their miraculous self in charge of what happens. So if I'm working with somebody, I'm not in charge of what happens. Their miraculous self is. And... We often refer to the miraculous self as, as your M for short. So I call it M&Ms. I'll probably get sued. But uh, M&Ms are like my miraculous self and your miraculous self get in, in communication. And I'm being shown what to do. And I see. Sometimes I get analytical, you know, and I'll be analyzing the energy field and I'll bring things up. But um, so th- we do some of that. But a lot of it is just my job is to get the energy flowing and set it up so your miraculous self decides what it wants to do with it. So like when I did a karma clearing with people earlier today, and, you know, they're not deciding what karma to clear. I'm not deciding what karma to clear. Their miraculous self is, you know, and and if we're changing programming, uh, I'm not deciding what they're going to believe instead. And, and I encourage them not to consciously do it either, but to get a download from their miraculous self. So um, I call a lot of what I do energy spas. And okay. it's like when you go to get a massage, you know, you have to have an intention, you got to get permission, and then your job is to relax and let them do it. <laughs> um, in this case, though, they're not giving over control to me, they're giving control to their own spirit and their own inner wisdom. And as much as possible, we, we try to make it fun because I find that when people lighten up, 
their abilities. It, years ago, I, I was teaching in a, a longer energetic NLP program, a longer four days, and I'm teaching people to work with energy and read people. And I give them this whole speech about, you know, they, before they did it the first time, it's like, you know, your students, it doesn't matter if it works or not, just have fun with it and stuff. And then they get started. And I realize internally, I'm really wanting them to, to have fantastic experiences. <laughs> and I just stopped it, but I go, I go, I apologize. I need to change the energy in the room. And then everybody kind of went, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, they felt, oh, my God, that's so insightful. You had that that insight that you had expectations on everybody. Right. To do a good job and have a good experience. Yeah. And I was making it about my you know, belief in my own. <laughs> you know, I was you know, doing all of that yeah. stuff. And, and then, um, in fact, it, if people get too serious, sometimes I, I sing children's songs. You know, and they look at me like I'm nuts. And I'll, I'll do like Old McDonald and do, you know, the animal sounds. But just a quick funny story. So, you know, um, um, people in my programs know about Old McDonald. And um, the chorus is, you know, E-I-E-I-O. And I was walking in London one night. I, I do a lot of work in London, at least pre-COVID. And I was walking with a, a, a really close friend who originally was a student. And we got to be really good friends. And we're walking at night. And there's a woman pushing a stroller, what they call a pram. And the baby's absolutely quiet. When the baby gets even with us, he goes, and then another, not another word out of him. We're going like, we know you. Or it's like, wow, a messenger from God. Yeah, exactly. Confirmation. That is bizarre. <laughs> that is crazier than any movie I've ever. I yeah and. And then that's one of the goals in all the energetic NLP work is that you have more delightful synchronicities. Oh. Like the first time I taught in Paris, they used to have a magazine called Periscope, which was a, a little weekly magazine with what's going on in Paris that week. And they put the cover up um, all over like the Metro and stuff. And so the, I arrive in Paris and my sponsor goes, you're going to love this. And the brand new Periscope says art in capital <laughs> right on the cover. <laughs> so it's all over the metro and everything and they're going we hope you feel properly welcome to Paris <laughs> wow it's like you're a complete celebrity it's amazing <laughs> and, yeah. energy level. So, um, and you're humble I can feel your energy is very um, humble and light you just really want to help people yeah, and I, I mean, I believe very strongly in the work, and I, I know it's yeah. very powerful work. And, you know, part of my journey was, you know, originally I wanted to be one of the special people who could do psychic and energy work. And I was afraid mm -hmm. I wasn't one of those special people. Then I discovered I was one of those special people. Then I discovered yeah. that I wasn't because everybody's one of those special people. Oh but, my gosh. Isn't that amazing? But yeah. can, can I stop your story and can you explain when you started to have your psychic experiences? Uh, well, I'm not one of those people who like, when I was five years old, I was, you know, um, I mean, I had, I mean, I have a very early childhood memory from when I was four or five of, um, uh, I was attacked by a neighbor's dog and I had to have rabies shots and stuff. And this policeman was interrogating me. And I remember really clearly being totally clear 
that no matter what I said, he wasn't going to believe that I didn't tease that dog. Oh, and, and I just he has a judgment it, on you and you felt that. Yeah. And, and at the time I didn't experience it as psych, but I realized later, it's like, I absolutely knew nothing I said was going to change his mind. And, um, um, so that, that was me, the earliest experience I remember the, the time that I, I really knew how real it was, I was in college and my first year in college, um, I, I went to the University of California, Santa Cruz, which is up in the hills above the Monterey Bay. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I've been there. Uh, yeah, when I started, it was in like 2,200 students, but we were very isolated. There weren't any buses. I didn't have a car. Yeah. And that winter, it rained 60 inches up in the hills. I mean, it was one of the highest rains ever. So I'm in a dorm trapped with people that even when I was in a good mood, there were a lot of depressed people around. Um, yeah. And and then I was starting to challenge some of my self-concept and stuff. So I was going through uh, um, uh, a bit of an existential crisis, which I'd never experienced in my life, anything like that. And you know, libraries have study rooms and study areas. And you know, we're all in college, so you're either studying or you're checking people out. <laughs> and, <laughs> or or simultaneously, you can't, you know, a lot of times you're doing both, yeah. Yes, you multitaskers. Um, and um, you, you know how when the doctor hits your knee with that mallet and your leg just yeah. goes like that? Well, I'd be studying, and all of a sudden my head would go. Oh, and, my God. And when it would stop, I'd be staring. Yeah, I would stare right in somebody's eyes who was staring at me. And and they wouldn't have time to move because it was like, boom. and um, so they kind of go like that. And I'd go like that. And then they'd be embarrassed and I'd be embarrassed. And um, and I probably should have, if I'd been in a better mental place, I would have enjoyed it. But I'm like, oh, you're checking me out. Huh? Um, yeah. But, but um, uh, since I wasn't in a good place, I just stopped going to the library for a while because I, I couldn't stop it. And then. Yeah. I wanted it to stop, so I, I turned it off. But then uh, later was when I started studying again and opened everything. Oh, that's so fascinating how, how the abilities came about of, like, you know, your physical body moving. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was one of those things, like, uh, I remember thinking, because that was like a biology major stuff, thinking, well, obviously this is real because – you know, they, I'm not about people in my peripheral vision. I'm talking about people behind me. And every time my head stopped, I'm looking straight in somebody's eyes. So it was like, okay, this is real. You know, it's like, but it, but I didn't know what to do with it. And it wasn't like nowadays where I could have gone and looked it up on the internet or asked um, chat, like, you know, what do I do if I'm having psychic phenomena? So I just, I just wanted it to stop. But then when I started studying NLP, I was lucky enough that where I was studying it in Marin County, which is just north of San Francisco. And it's a beautiful place. Oh, so beautiful. And many, you know, yoga teachers and psychics. Yes, very spiritual. Yeah. Um, So people started teaching things and introduced me to my first real good teacher. And by the end of that weekend, um, every big change in my life is I went to a workshop, online or in person. But um. At the end of that weekend, I was doing things that I thought were miraculous. So, And then I went to a healing program. And again, in two days, people were having incredible responses. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm saying, going, really, I can do this? But like I say, now I know that 
anybody who wants to can do it. Mm-hmm. It's not some, you know, you know, years ago it was like, oh, the people that were born with and, and the abilities. You know, uh-huh. Yeah. And some people, yeah, they they're born with massive abilities right there, but but we all have them potentially. Yeah. Not everybody's interested, but right. anybody who's interested, you can do miraculous stuff because it, it's normal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's interesting is that I find some people, the abilities come in differently. Like I, I'm supporting clients now that are really having their abilities come in strong and they just like can't even control it, don't yeah. know what's happening. And um, so they might be channeling or seeing things. So it's just it's just interesting because we still have our uniqueness, but there's that power. Yeah. I guess that's what you're talking about, that your miraculous self. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, with the changes going on in the collective consciousness, it does seem to be just more available. So people are having more you know, spontaneous. Um, I remember even back in the early 90s, talking to one of my teachers and going, it's not I'd have to like meditate in a cave for 20 years to do things. I can already do. Yeah. And, he, and he went, well, you know, maybe at one time you did have to, but it's changing. You know, there's I this, see. there's a big opening in the collective consciousness and more and more people are being drawn into it <laughs> either deliberately or like I said, people, they're just going, I'm having these experiences and, you know, and, and it's kind of like the way I was in college, like not knowing what, you know, they're lucky to have you because otherwise it's like, they don't know what to do with it or, um, when you start reading somebody's energy, it's a little more complicated than people think, because let's say I, I see an image in somebody's energy field. Is it their image? Is it somebody else's image? You know, is it a fear? Is it something that's likely to happen in the future? And, and you start being able to make distinctions between them. Um, I, I give a, a funny example. I was in a class years and years ago, and the Pope was visiting America. Um, I guess it was in the night. I forget when it was a long time ago. And um, uh, I started doing healing on a woman. And all of a sudden, I'm watching CNN. And I'm seeing all these like clips of the Pope and stuff. And it's it's in its CNN, you know, and stuff. I'm thinking, what the heck is this? So I finally went, are you like really into the Pope's visit? So going, oh God, yeah, I'm so into it. And I, I'm watching CNN all the time and I can't get enough of it. And I'm going, yeah, well, it's all over your energy field. You know? But somebody else might've gone, oh, I see the Pope. That means you're being blessed, which, you know, maybe it meant that maybe it didn't. But um, actually a, a quick funny story about that. Some groups teach people to use roses as symbols. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, a friend of mine, he and his ex-wife were being taught that kind of system. And um, this lovely psychic one time went, oh, the two of you are so in love. There's all these roses around you. <laughs> and they cracked up because she was accurate in seeing the roses, but it wasn't because they were in love. They were like literally tools they were using. And they were definitely not in love at that point. But, but it was oh, natural- that's interesting because the psychic was seeing the symbol and she thought it meant love. Yeah, yeah. because it's funny when I see roses, I, I don't think that. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think of love. I, I mean, I, it depends on the color and like where it's at or whatever. It, exactly, and you know, I'll teach people 
you can ask the symbol, like, are you my symbol? Because like, sometimes you're projecting your own stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, whose who's image are you? Um, uh, and if it's there, if it's somebody else's image, you deal with it differently than if it's theirs or if it's a childhood one or sometimes we're seeing our own stuff in somebody else, particularly beginning readers, you know? Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. So I want to go back to that example that you said, because this is so interesting to me about that woman who Mm -hmm. was so excited about the Pope and was watching CNN Mm -hmm. nonstop. And now you, you were very neutral about it, but I'm wondering if you felt like it was slightly negative because it was like the news and it was the only thing in her field. Like it was, um, almost like obsession or she was like, letting it run her life. Did you feel like that in that situation, it was negative and something that needed to be cleared? Um, well, I have to back up first that uh, we don't actually talk, use the term negative and energetic NLP. And I'll, I'll tell you oh, why. Okay. Um, okay. So what we do, if, if we see some energy in somebody's field, we ask, is it their energy or somebody else's or something? Okay. Else's? If it's not theirs, is it helpful or not helpful? Okay. So the, the reason we avoid the word negative is as soon as we go, it's negative, we get into resistance to it. And, you know, and what you resist persists. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Yes, okay. that makes sense. But we just go, not yours, not helpful. <laughs> you know? Or it's yours, but it's like an old emotional energy from when you were five. So it doesn't belong here. So okay. we go... Is it your energy or not? If it's not your energy, is it helpful or not? And then uh, if it is your energy, does it belong in present time or not? And in in terms of this woman and the Pope, she was having fun with it. Okay. And I'm sure it was controlling because if you're that into the Pope, obviously there's rules. But um, but that was her choice to make, you know, and I, I might, you know, my own perceptions, I don't like giving anybody that much authority over me but um but that wasn't their model you know so right i see so you're let yeah you're saying that was her choice and yeah so you just let it be and um i i yeah, just pointed it out yeah just, just make her aware of it and then that's her choice and i understand wonderful yeah you know, something that was coming to me earlier that I wanted to ask you, it came up in um, my meditation group this morning is about mm-hmm. DNA. And um, we were talking about junk DNA. And, uh-huh. and I was like, I just had this thought that when you were saying tune into your miraculous self, I'm wondering if that is part of that DNA, like, but maybe it's miraculous DNA, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, what do you think of, about that and the healing approach that you have? Yeah, a couple things. One is so if, if people aren't familiar, junk DNA, so-called junk DNA is, is all this DNA that doesn't seem to be doing anything. You know, it's not right. you, it's not, it's like cluttered, they think. Uh I remember there was a theory at one time that maybe the worth that those were like components you use, but I, I don't know the present thinking on it. But in terms of DNA, a lot of people say, and I see this too, that along with the the, the double helix, the two mm-hmm. strands of DNA, there are energetic strands. And some people say there's 16. I, I'm not that visual. I'm, I can see there's a bunch. <laughs> you know? And 
So when we work with DNA, we work with it both on the physical level, but we work with that energetic DNA. And whether the junk DNA um, could be part of, of uh, yeah, I've never, I, 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 it's not anything I've looked at, but the first impression I get is there's something there to pursue to explore you know it might not be exactly the way we're thinking of it right now but right it's deeper there's something really interesting about it that that's worth exploring yeah uh, it's funny i totally felt you tuning in to mm-hmm. your abilities my body started to move <laughs> when you're thinking about it well it's just something that came up and um i was just curious fascinating. yeah fascinating it's it is because there may be something where when you do your healings, I, I know you're not claiming this. So believe me, this is not art saying this, but that, that you can be shifting their DNA for the better. Yeah. And, and, and I do get real strongly. It's really worth exploring the energetic component of the junk DNA. Um, um, I mean, I think you're really on to something that's going to be really powerful. It's what I'm getting. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you know, I, I make no health claims. Um, of course. Yeah. And um, I do believe that both our deep physical and energetic NLP, NLP <laughs> DNA can change is my belief du jour. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I encourage the people that stay with me to imagine it can because the worst is going to happen if not is nothing, and the best is going to happen is something incredible. <laughs> so it's like you're not going to hurt them. Yeah, that's right. Work with that, um, yeah. and I believe there is scientific evidence that DNA can change, and we know it can mutate. And um, and the other thing is, in in the research I was doing, I think people would now call it epigenetic research. Mm-hmm. The term I don't at the time I don't think anybody was using that term in that adds that whole other layer to DNA. And if people aren't familiar with what that word means, is they've discovered there are things that can turn genes on and off and do turn genes on and off, uh, sometimes to make you healthier, sometimes causing problems. And so that the old idea that everything was down to your genetics. And in fact, they've done studies on your identical twins who were separated at birth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have these amazing synchronicities in their lives like remember one pair both the men and they they didn't grow up together they both were married to a woman named kathy and i'm <laughs> reading the thing and they and they were trying to turn that into something genetic and I'm oh thinking, my god yeah I'm like yeah right we have a gene that says i'm gonna marry a woman named kathy oh you know but only because you know from that model they couldn't go well maybe we're all interconnected you know just because they were separated in birth that, and a lot of twins talk about being connected to their twin. Oh, yeah. You know, um, that's fascinating. It, yeah. yeah. So um, in this kind of work, it's it's great to explore the nature of DNA, the physical, the mm-hmm. epigenetic, the junk DNA, and um, just be open to things working on all kinds of levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for our highest and best good. It, so yeah. I want to talk a little bit about success. So since the name of the show is then success, can you help reprogram the chakras to become successful? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, one of my online programs, it's it's all about 
reprogramming your energy and your unconscious mind to be more successful to get your work out in the world. Oh my God. You got to share that. How can people find out about that (laughs) program? Um, That's amazing. Um, uh, well, I'll I'll give you the the link uh, later and okay, and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, perfect. But I will say for people right now, just, um, I I have a a free program called blockbuster and then seven.com like blockbuster number seven.com. And if people sign up for that, they'll get a video a day for four days that will take some really powerful energetic NLP processes to clear unconscious uh, and energetic programming and karma and spiritual contracts. And, and that that's free. And the offering of gifts in the world then goes further than that. But in, yeah, in terms of success, um, uh, most of the energy in our energy field isn't our energy. Yeah, it's, you alluded to that before. Because yeah. when you were saying you ask, is it yours? Is it helpful? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll often ask people, you know, like, I'll go put up an imaginary meter and ask your miraculous self, how much of the energy in your energy field is authentically really your essence? And, um, you know, occasionally it's usually a guy, I'll get, well, 90% and I'll go, check again. Um, okay so what is it on average i'm curious i mean you know it for your students but i think for a lot of people they're lucky if two percent oh wait two percent is ours Uh, that's my read now some of that is okay because yeah okay it's it's like we eat food you know so we there's energies that we utilize you know earth and universal ones that are, that we're utilizing, but we're so stuffed with other people's energies. Uh, and um, my goal in the programs is that people, their normal state is like fifty to eighty percent their energy. Um, oh, okay. I, so your healing can get people to that state. That's incredible. You might ask yourself. You don't have to tell us necessarily, but you might ask yourself, like, okay, how much of the energy in my energy field is is truly yours? And okay do you want me to ask her right now yeah if you don't mind uh, i don't mind oh my gosh it's like kind of embarrassing <laughs> i well, guess the number three like three out of ten or three out of three percent three percent um i got the number three how much energy is mine yeah i i, I would put you you know they they there's no absolute. I, I give you a little more, five percent, which is way 5%. better. Than people. And, um, <laughs> You're feeling a couple. Well, there's so sometimes when I'm I'm not as psychic with myself as I am with others. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, that's interesting, huh? And then and then so you two. But three five is. I'm 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 teasing. That's the same. That's the same answer because. Oh. Yeah, particularly when you get into what is or isn't me is an interesting you know spiritual question anyways yeah um, and it's very esoteric <laughs> you're totally blowing my mind today but in in the thing is in the blockbuster videos will help people you, you can start clearing out other people's energies and the most important thing is when you just clear energies it's like uh, i don't know if you've ever weeded a garden and and if you take the top off of the weed the roots are still there and it grows back if you just clear other people's energy out of your energy field, 
you're leaving the roots and the roots are what in you did that energy hook into? Oh, because, oh my God, that's brilliant because it will happen again because that is just filling the space in that moment. But you have that attractor because now, now I'm kind of getting confused because I feel like there's also something like spiritual contracts that we have to resolve these, like we're actually meant to have this other energy to like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since it's normal, it's normal, you know, to be Mm. other people's energy for people like, but it's a problem for people. Um, I mean, you imagine somebody like poor Michael Jackson, who, had millions and millions of people all over the world, particularly like teenage girls and boys, focusing their energy on him all the time. Uh-huh. You know, it's like no wonder people get a little weird. Because um, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, because sure- he had. You're saying that a person like that, a celebrity, had all of these like millions of people, their energy on them. Yeah. Now some of them are are, are good at keeping pretty clear. Oh, interesting. Um, wow. Oh, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it, it's, you, can you imagine, I mean, all these people in your space and, um, um, and some people naturally have, have ways that they deal with it, but a lot of people don't. And, um, but for, you know, so to, to really answer your question, the kind of people that, that, that would follow your podcasts and your work and my work are people that want to be authentic. They want to grow personally and spiritually. Right. For us, we need to start clearing out other people's energy. Um, so we could be more powerful in the world, like healers. Yeah, and, and particularly as anybody who's into any kind of healing or helping people, the, the old, a lot of the old healing systems were you take on their stuff and you heal it in your energy field. And and then... Oh, man, I hope I don't do that. I, I try not to. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, tons of people do that, and there's a lot no, of. No, you're right, and they get that. drained, and yeah, and the channelers too. I see them. Uh, channelers oh come to me for help. Yeah, and and then the opposite that we leave our energy in somebody else's energy field to help them. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I did that, and I didn't know that I did that. People are like, "Oh my god, you came to me in a meditation." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, is that healthy?" Um. <laughs> Well, if you don't bring your energy back, no, it's it's the holding on to other people's and giving our own away. I mean, you probably noticed a lot of healers are unhealthy. Oh, yeah, totally. And and you look at their energy and they've just got tons of other people's energy in their energy mm-hmm. field. And they've given away a ton of their energy. I, I was lucky in that one of my mentors uh, many, many years ago, uh, an incredible woman named Hazel. Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't have a category to stick her in, but, and she'd bring up things that um, we hadn't been talking about. And so I, I was like in my early thirties and she goes, Oh, the way you do, you do healings is so cute. And it, you know, now somebody said it was cute. I'd like it. In my thirties, I wasn't going for cute. I mean, what do you mean the way I do it is cute. And yeah, she goes, it's not usually a term that men like. To <laughs> and then she goes, well, it's so old fashioned. And I'm thinking strike two. Oh. And she goes, you heal people by taking their energy into you and healing your space. And then you give them your energy. 
And she goes, this is the new age art. You know, their healing goes on in their space. Your healing goes on in your space. And we're using earth and universal energies, not your own energies. And it was like light bombs (laughs) were going off. Um, And part of what I was taught and that I believe is that everyone's the sovereign of their energy field. Okay. So if somebody's energy is stuck in my energy field, it's hooking into something of me, a belief, karma, spiritual contract. It's hooking into something, energetic programming. If, if they're holding on to my energy, it's because some part of me is letting them do that. So this whole thing of energy vampires, uh, I, I understand why people say that, but I think it's a really not useful concept. But- yeah. Because it's like, well, they can't hold on to my energy unless I'm letting them. So the question I noticed is, you pause because most people would say negative, but you say not useful. Good yeah. job. Yeah. And um, um, so that in, in energetic NLP, we emphasize not just clearing, but what are the roots? And one of my students calls it the Velcro. What's the Velcro that energies can hook into? And let's clear the Velcro. I mean, I used to go to this healing, uh, wonderful class every week, and I learned a lot. Every week, we clear each other's energy. I'd feel great. Then as the week went on, I'd feel worse and worse and worse. Then I'd come back. We'd clear the energy. I'd feel great. You know, and it was this endless cycle. Because as good as this teacher was, I mean, he was amazing in a lot of ways. He didn't teach us to go for the get rid of the Velcro in the first place. (laughs) Well, that is... Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard that either. So, um, yeah. It's not New common. To me as well. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it, it, you know, I was lucky enough to have teachers who taught me about this and yeah. um, it made such a huge difference. And then, and then it also, it makes all of that a gift. So even if somebody sends me energy that's intended to not be good for me, like they're mad at me or something, um, uh, if it's affecting me and I clear what it hooked into, then it's a gift. There's a term in Aikido, not that I know much about Aikido, but it's called taking the hit as a gift. And they oh. teach people, like if somebody throws a punch at you, how to use the energy so it becomes a gift. So in the same way, if somebody's psychically attacking, which is usually unconscious anyways. you know, Yeah, um, interesting. Um, um, or, you know, that... Rather than going, oh, they're attacking me, going, okay, what in me? And it's like, thank you very much. What in me allowed that? Ah, then- yeah. Interesting. Would you have time to do a quick healing for me and the audience? Yeah. And I'd like to do one. I don't normally, I don't think I've ever done this one on the podcast before. So Okay. Uh, All right. So there's, there's punishment programming and energy in everybody's space. I mean... I don't know if every culture, but lots and lots of cultures are fixated on punishment. Mm. And to show you how pervasive it is, we think of Santa Claus like, oh, jolly Santa Claus is so happy. What happens if you're a naughty kid? Not only do you not get a gift, you get a lump of coal in your stocking. So you get humiliated and punished. In fact, I saw a cartoon once and it was two different Santa Claus and over one it said naughty and over the one it said nice. And the one that said nice looked like normal Santa Claus. And the other one looked like a, like a psycho killer. <laughs> and uh, but, but they were pointing out this same thing that we, um, 
we're so into punishment that we don't even think of Santa Claus as a punisher, but he is. Oh. It's the reward or the punisher. Um, Interesting. Because, yeah, I was like, why did I not like Santa Claus? <laughs> this is my confession. I like, wanna, yeah, but anyway. So, um, and, and again, I'm not attacking Santa Claus, but the point I know, I, I am is just how pervasive punishment is in our society. Right, in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, which, by the way, because somebody's wondering if I think people do bad things, should they be locked up? Yes, but not because it's punishing them, because it's protecting the rest of us. You know, in my way of thinking, it's like, you're not safe, we need to put you away. You yeah, know? but not- I get it. Not for the point of punishing them. I get it, um, yeah. And of course, punishment tends to make people even worse so that when they get out, they're even um, crazier than when they went in. Um, mm -hmm. So, and in this punishment uh, energy and programming, like I say, it's pretty much everybody's got a ton of it. Yeah, but it's also religion. I mean, it's heaven and hell. Like, it's just, it's so pervasive. And in school, go to detention, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Parenting. And uh, yeah, it's from past life. It's from spiritual groups. It's from religious groups. Um, it's from... Um, Atheist group. I mean, it, you know, punishment's just a very popular concept. And yeah. and again, when you release, or I shouldn't say again, but when you release punishment, energy, and programming, it doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean that you don't mm -hmm. have situations. But when you do it from a place of um, of there was some kind of behavior and there needs to be some kind of response to it, you don't get into resistance. And um. It's like there's a, a, I'm not a parent, but there's a, I think they called it pet, parent effectiveness training years ago. And I know one of my cousins was using it and um, like, uh, and one of his sons was skateboarding somewhere he shouldn't have been. And he, he told him like, uh, you, you can't skateboard here. And the boy goes, um, are you telling me I can't? And he goes, no, but I'm telling you that if you skateboard here, I'm going to take your skateboard away. So yeah. you can't do it. You know, it's up to you. Make a choice. But uh -huh. that's what's going to happen. But he didn't do it like you're being bad. It was just kind of like, if you do a certain thing, there will be consequences. Make your choice. But you don't necessarily consider that a punishment. It's just a consequence. Yeah, he wasn't doing it to punish him. He was doing yeah. it because, you you know, if you're going to use it here, and I told you not to, then I'm going to take it. And yeah. so we're smart. You know, you'll get it back later. Okay. You know. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like say I'm I'm no expert on parenting, but it, it's just an example of getting out of thinking of it as punishment and getting into thinking there are consequences. Uh huh. Well, another example would be um, if somebody smokes three packs of cigarette a day for forty years and they get lung cancer, they're not being punished. There was a consequence of their action. The natural consequence, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and and, and in fact. There's different beliefs about karma, but the the ones that Dalai Lama teaches that 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 I work with are nothing to do with reward and punishment. It's just consequence, cause and effect. Okay. Actions have effects. Period. And like the Dalai Lama would say, it's not some Eastern version to them of heaven and hell. It's not reward and punishment. It's cause and effect. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what you're going to do right now. No, uh, well, we'll do a little bit on karma, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, karma will be involved in programming. Okay. So, How long will this be? 
we can do it in five minutes. Okay. Yeah, as quick as you can. Yeah. Okay. So as 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 short as you can is what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, I got it. Um, so for everybody listening, right now, just give permission for your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom to come together and form your miraculous self. And just pretend it's that simple. You don't even have to believe it. Just pretend like it's that simple. I'm setting the intention, they're doing it. That's all there is to it. And then pretend that you already have a miraculous self. And the intention of this um, meditation is that your miraculous self will be in charge and you'll be clearing karma, maybe spiritual contracts, conscious beliefs and conscious beliefs, programming, energetic programming that gives you an old fashioned way of thinking of, of punishment. So that's going to get dissolved and then your miraculous self will replace it with wisdom, knowledge, concepts, skills, and abilities for, uh, you're a more advanced spiritual version of, of your relationship to the concept of punishment. So consciously, you don't need to figure out what that's going to be. I would like to encourage you consciously to go that you want to let go of any beliefs that if you were bad, you need to be punished. So most of us have incorporated that. We were bad. We need to be punished either in another lifetime or childhood. Um, so you might give special permission for those kind of beliefs and programming to be changed if your miraculous self wants to. So just take an easy, deep breath. Put your miraculous self in charge. Give 100% permission to receive the benefits of this meditation. And then let go of controlling it. Trust your miraculous self. And by the way, this works absolutely perfectly in a recording. All you need to do is pretend it's happening right now while you're watching or listening, and you'll get the full benefits. So just imagine all these energies are coming in, and your miraculous self is deciding which ones it wants to use, and it's deciding what karma to dissolve, what spiritual programming, uh, spiritual contracts to dissolve or revise or end what limiting beliefs, conscious and unconscious, your miraculous self doesn't want you to have around punishment. And also energetic and spiritual programming around punishment. So just imagine all of that's being worked with and dissolved and healed. And as that happens, your miraculous self is downloading into you wisdom, knowledge, concepts, skills, and abilities around punishment, around a more evolved concept of punishment. Imagine the earth is grounding you in old energies connected with punishment from this and other lifetimes, from ancestors, from uh, society, your family, all punishment energies are draining out of you. As the old programming and beliefs dissolve and get replaced by wisdom, knowledge, and concepts from your miraculous self.
no effort, let the energy and your and your miraculous self do all the work. Remember, think of this as like going to the spa. You've set your intention, now let it happen. Take a couple easy deep breaths and imagine more of that punishment energy just flowing out of you into the earth. And the earth just recycles that energy, just transmutes it back into pure energy and recycles it. While the energy is still flowing, set your intention and give permission that tonight and for the next four nights, part of the time when you're sleeping, not all night, part of the time when you're sleeping, your unconscious mind will review what you did in this process. As it reviews it, your miraculous self will infuse it with wisdom, knowledge, concepts, skills, abilities, attitudes, and behaviors that will give you a whole new and better relationship to the concept of punishment and will clear punishment energies out of you. And while you're sleeping, the benefits will be made richer, deeper, and wider. They'll be made higher and more multidimensional. And while you're sleeping, the benefits will automatically be integrated into your mind, emotions, body, and energy field. So that while you sleep soundly, deeply, wake up feeling refreshed, the benefits will automatically be integrated into your mind, emotions, body, and energy field. And that can happen tonight and for the next four nights as you sleep soundly, deeply, and wake up refreshed and excited in the morning. And it's very, very important now that you ask your miraculous self to retrieve your energy out of my space, and I'll get my energy out of your space. Otherwise, you'll be depleted, and it's just not good for other people. So let's all bring all of our energy back to ourselves. If your miraculous self doesn't want some of that energy, you can just send it into the earth. Give the earth permission to ground you now and to ground only your authentic energy into your body to ground only your authentic energy into your body. And lastly, imagine and give permission that your miraculous self is filling you up now with more of your authentic essence. So you've been releasing energy, so there's more space for your authentic essence, and your miraculous self knows what that is. And it can also bring in earth and universal energies that will help you now and in your next steps in life. And just imagine that's happening, this energy coming into your cells and your DNA, including the junk DNA, into your organs, body systems, chakras, energy channels, all the layers of your energy field are being filled with wonderful energies. And then wiggle your fingers and toes and start to lightly move and stretch. Stomp your feet, pat your body, 
it important to drink water after you uh, do this because the body actually biochemically changes after energy work. And when you drink water, you, you wash everything out, which is what you want. Wow. Thank you for that. I was feeling a lot of energy in my crown chakra area. Mm. Um, yeah. And I can feel a little bit of um, my organs when you're talking about that. Mm. So that was um, very powerful. And I appreciate you doing it on the podcast. It's, it's been oh. such a pleasure um, connecting with you and learning about energetic NLP. So I'll put your website and I'll put right. your multiple websites in the show notes. So thanks. thanks for being on the Zen success show with me today, Art. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure. And you have such great energy around the show. And um, I think it's a wonderful thing to put out in the world. So I'm just honored to be part of it. Thanks so much. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.